everyone, and welcome to the Cap City Presents Podcast. My name is Andy Remax Moreno, and I will be your host. Our show is dedicated to raising the voices of those who work in and around the, the uh, music industry. And this is going to be a great show. I'm super excited because I finally get to catch up with, with some old homies. Uh, a little a little backstory before I introduce them. Uh, if you followed Cap City Presents from the very beginning, then you know that it all began with Joey Christina, Justin Peterson, and I. Uh, we all decided to host shows under one name because we were all kind of tired of the competition. Like, why don't we just use one logo, one name to promote shows, rather than, you know, forming a, a competition, if you will. Um... How are y'all doing? We've got Justin and Joey in the studio here. Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing it's good. it's been so long, man. It's been <laughs> a grip. I don't even remember the last time I saw you, Justin. I remember the last time I saw Joey was uh was when you brought Hawking to Lavoyer. Yeah, that was a really fun show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome, actually. I, I I didn't recognize a single person that came though. Uh-huh. I've been out of the game for so long, but it was still really cool. For sure. What yeah. kind of what kind of music was Hawking? Uh, you know, they used to be, because I booked them before at Deadbeat Records many, many moons ago, um, and they were, (laughs) they were, um, like, just, like, an indie band, like, an indie band, and then when they came back, I was expecting that, and they were, like, metalcore. Really? (laughs) I was like, whoa, what happened to these guys? Correct me if I'm wrong, but were they from the UK? No, 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 they're from Canada. They're from Vancouver, B.C., which I don't know if y'all know this, but Canadians are my favorite people to work with of all time. So nice. They're so sweet. They are. Yeah. I've I've said it before on this this show, but uh, Canadians are the type of people that will show up four hours early to the venue, set up their gear, offer to backline everything, and then apologize for being too professional. They'll be like, oh, we're so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, on the real, if I'm on tour and I'm in Canada, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy, you know, to be in a different country. Right. You know, experience that culture. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I'm going to just... There we go. Okay. <laughs> How could you? How could you? <laughs> we're popping, popping not claws, but Corona seltzers. Same thing. So uh, what have y'all been up to for the year of 2020? How's that going for y'all? Do you want to go first or should I... I have the least amount of news, so probably... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, uh, I have been struggling. Uh, like, no shit. I, I, corona's fucked everyone up, mm. for sure. But uh, essentially, I've just... I kind of have been homeless for, for a fucking minute, you know? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's been rough, but uh, that's just the life of a musician on the real, if, you, if, if you're serious about it, you know? I, I mean, uh, I, I was thinking a lot about this... I was thinking about how you have to dedicate your time and get good at your craft to become a good musician. And, you know, I spent most of my life, uh, you know, doing shows and uh, fucking working nine to fives, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I I really kind of fell off, like, dedicating my time to becoming good at, you know, being a musician, which is nice, you know. Like, uh, I've, I've definitely taken a lot more in 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 i guess and just become a better musician because of it i feel okay. a lot more like uh, artistically driven to i don't know do my shit and and just for context i, I also play in like a, a metal band so that that was kind of the main reason i think i fell out of like cap city in the, in the beginning was because you know i mean you guys know how it fucking is when you book shows mm-hmm. it's you, you know like people are either insanely grateful and those are the shows 100% worth booking. You know, you feel great about it. Uh, but it's also insanely draining because you as a person, you want to, you know, continue your your dreams and hopes and aspirations. But 
you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, I admire people who are their own booking agents because that shit is not easy, like making those connections and, you know, hoping that the people who you are connecting with are as humble as you are and, you know, yeah, scratch yeah. my back and scratch yours, you know. It, it well, sounds a lot easier than Well, that is. aside, I, I feel like I've always been, like, the kind of person that uh, I do it because it feels right, not because it logistically and uh, business in, in a business sense makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm doing this because, like, I love the music. I love uh, the culture, you know? Just would, just bringing people together. Would you say that you're a firm believer in karma? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where I stand, too. Only I worked in a vegan cafe. You got to believe in karma. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I've got to ask you, Justin, uh, did you manage to get any shows uh, with For the Likes of You in the year of 2020, like before the, the shutdowns and all happened? Uh, so the last show we, we did was pre COVID and I think it was actually in 2019. Okay. We, we, uh, we shot a music video for it. Um, I I think, yeah, it's, uh, it's our, our last music video that we put out. That was the show that we filmed and everything. Um, which was great, but I I mean, we've, like I said, you know, I've kind of been rediscovering this, uh, this love with becoming like a. I guess I'm a real musician, you know, because I, I feel like kind of before I was, I loved making music and doing hardcore and metal, um, but I, I never really like stapled down on it mm-hmm. and never didn't have the drive that I have right now. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting weird with shit and really finding that love that I think I was kind of not really putting my all into, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's been it's been great though recently. I I just moved. I finally, um, I, I guess I forgot to finish this earlier. But yeah, me and the guys got a, a pad together, and I've literally dedicated my room to being this like sick ass studio. Sweet. Just, so so uh, we're gonna be expecting more for the likes of you music in the near future. Yeah, we have okay. we have like uh we have an EP and a half a record finished right now, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's just been, I mean, you know, life, COVID, losing your job. And, oh, definitely. You know, just like figuring out the world and like uh, the, the climate of where music's going, you know, because like, uh, yeah, we're we're kind of getting old now, you know, <laughs> yeah, like we are. fucking TikTok is the new like uh, norm for be- for coming up. That or uh, just being some some sort of like successful entrepreneur online with. Uh, social media apps you know yeah talk to us 10 years ago and we would not see oh, any yeah. of this, this yeah. everything has changed everything is 100% different yeah yeah it's great though I, I I really really do like I think the direction that music and just the way of consuming it is going it's just you know us doing what we did it's <laughs> it's a different thing so you have to you have to conceptualize like Okay, like, am I just this old guy that <laughs> loves music and playing records, or can I fit in with this new uh, niche crowd of younger kids? Like, are they gonna fuck with shows ever the same way that we did? You know, right? Yeah. What What do you think the biggest difference is uh, for shows when you know everything comes back? You know, before when you know we flatten the curve and all that. What do you think the b- biggest differences in shows will be when we come back? Like. Are there, are they, do you think uh, we're going to have to, you know, require people being in bubbles or, you know, stuff like that? I, I think I'm going to be, I'm just jumping. I don't think, I don't think a lot of this stuff is going to last longer than probably the beginning of next year. I, I, 
this once again, I have unpopular opinions. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think a lot of this had to do with the election. So, mm. wh- whatever you want to take from that. Um, but well, uh, well, what do you mean by the election? The hype. Oh, the hype. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, there is a serious thing out there. It's real. Wear your masks in public. But, um, I don't think we're doomed for. I, I hate this like thought of. Like, the what are the people the new normal? Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's a thing. Like I just don't believe in that. I mean, when you look back a hundred years ago, you know the Spanish flu came here, and then you know eventually something... eventually it went away yeah. though, right? So we're waiting on a vaccine. <laughs> exactly. So once we have a vaccine, then we move on with our lives. So you know, I, do I think live music is going to change? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're going to have the situation where. We are now making money instead of buy tickets where where the person's putting like twenty bucks and then their like icon shows up on the screen. I think that Whoa. stuff is stuff that's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. I think that is the future of live music. Yeah, we I've I've talked with a few other musicians and we've talked about you know potentially doing like you know a quote unquote tour where like one night we're on Club Penguin and the other night we're on you know Animal Crossing and the other night we're on <laughs> you know like uh, Grand Theft Auto or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I'm just I'm just kind of seeing like where someone could like they could trigger like a like um like fire to shoot up from the stage or something like right. was, or they could trigger a, sn- a smoke machine or they could trigger whatever with like you know just like like a twitch interaction where you know they can watch this thing and and they can have that type of like interaction or even like pay to have like a question answered or just any kind kind of like thing like that Be, i think music is going to become more interactive okay oh and, yeah absolutely we're we're already starting to notice that we we've already uh, made a band twitch account and the, the first video was literally just us, like, as a band, you know, kind of showing who we actually are. Kind mm-hmm. of like in this podcast setting, only, you know, like, there's uh, there's video. And, right. And, and it's responsive, live, like, lifetime, you know. Or even from a booker's aspect, you know, if I get sent a YouTube video, like a an official music video, quote-unquote, I'm more likely to click on that than I am to check out the Bandcamp or the the Spotify. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think any, any way that you can make the experience an experience. Right is going to be the, the way things are going to go because it's been it's been on that trend even when we were doing stuff like shows shows were already starting to decline in numbers like when I was involved in 2013 it was it sure. was getting harder and harder to get like younger kids out because I think society was moving in a way where kids just would honestly rather you know listen to music and play video games at home can't blame them you know that's sick <laughs> but uh <laughs> it, it's just, you know, it's hard, definitely harder to make kids feel comfortable coming out of their shell and, you know, just being alone at a show or, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, most kids are going to text their friends rather than call them. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. like almost awkward for, you know, I, it's hard for me to fathom because, like, I'm out there in the scene, you know. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm always out yeah. there. I've got my yeah. face plastered on everything. My logo is plastered on everything that I, you know, do. It's hard uh, with us being where we are and as connected in the scene uh, to, like, fathom that there are still kids out there that can't go to shows because their parents are like no no son sorry, right no, sorry. <laughs> sorry sweetie you can't you can't go to the show i don't i don't trust those weirdos <laughs> yeah. playing screamo like like in re- retrospect too like when i think back on when i when i first started not when i first started <laughs> when i first started like uh with our city shows and it was to, it was 2013 that's kind of like when i kind of went on the fringe and like my girl, my 
relationship broke up and I was like, I want to do something that I love and all this stuff. I kind of yeah. moved on. I right? remember you, you went like full force on that. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was, it was like a moment, you know? And I, when I was going back into doing that, my motivation was thinking back on when I was younger and I was, uh, like going through, you know, as we all do in our teenage years, moments and times that are hard. Right? We, do, we do even now, but um, I always had an escape, and my escape was going to the shows. Like my friends would just, we would all pack into a car, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, illegally, completely like n- ten people in a little car, you know, figure out a way. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was like a bunch of little skinny emo girls, so they, you know, all can just pile up, <laughs> you know, one corner of the car. But like, we would just do that. We would go to Seattle or wherever, and we'd go to shows, and then it was like refuge from school life, parents, like whatever stuff the kid like I was going through as a young person and I was noticing in 2013 that everything in Olympia at least the majority of it was not all ages and it was Mm -hmm. like this really like 21 up or house show thing which I love house shows but they are not necessarily like the most kid friendly environments Mm -hmm. you know it's it it can be a bit uncomfortable if this is like your first few shows you know yeah yeah and then there's also that like I mean the age gap sometimes can be insanely uncomfortable. You know, you got a bunch of older, uh, random dudes, and then like that you don't know anything about. There's like a, a couple like 16 year old kids just mm-hmm. like hanging out. Everyone's getting shit faced, and <laughs> it's just like yeah, we're we're drinking with minors. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of, and, and that's a reality. Which it's 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 like not a spoken reality, but it is reality. Absolutely. Of, yeah. Like. Um, you know, all ages shows. Not saying that we condone that, but no, it, I, I it, feel like we endeavored to prevent that in a way. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. definitely, and definitely. So, like, you know, I think that it's there's a little bit of like maybe these experiences were not good for the kids, and maybe there wasn't a refuge for them. Maybe it became a dangerous place for them. You know, I don't know. I don't know what caused people to to sort of like stop showing up, but I think it was just technology in general. I mean. I don't. I don't know about y'all, but I mean, I. Uh, I guess I. I used every excuse in the book just to get out of my parents' house, and that's why I was at as many shows as I could go to. You know, when I like turned sixteen, yeah. and they were finally like, "Yes, you can go to the Manium for a hip hop show if you really Manium. want to." <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Can we talk about the uh, venues that we have lost over the years? <laughs> All of them. You guys would be better at this than me. Okay. Um, I mean, there was the Manium. That's where, I don't know if y'all know, I that was where I, I attended my first show ever. It was uh, E-Mills with, with Zeke. This is ringing a bell, isn't it? <laughs> he was my best friend in the uh, sixth grade. Word. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Dude. E-Mills and the Sesame Street Gangsters and Zeke were all on the bill. Sesame Street Gangsters. Do you remember them? No. I'd, I remember a guy that was, like, super fat and would, like, eat donuts on stage. Do you well, remember? Wait, are you talking about? Billy the Fridge. Yeah. Oh Billy my God. <laughs> Doug. Man. Shout out Billy the Fridge. Oh my God. Where are you? I want to interview you on this podcast. Can you please just come back and do a show? Like I, I might be the only person in the crowd, but I really want to see that. Again. Yo, slap my logo on it. I will promote it for for free or whatever or something. You can stay on my couch or something. Jesus. Emails. Oh my God. Uh, then of course uh, the Voyeur. Um, this episode is actually going to come out in December, so the Voyeur is going to be open by now. Oh. Okay, I thought they were closed down. Like I had that. I they know. were just bought out. I saw Again. something about uh, the Wayside Vegan Cafe, like yeah. doing some some shit for their their, I guess, 
food. I don't know. They're 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 cooking some stuff up to help like uh, salvage that place. Yeah, basically they're they're reconstructing the menu so it's all vegan. Like because before you had your option Respect. of vegan, <laughs> you know beforehand you had your option of vegan or you know carnivore, and this time around no no option. You just get the vegan option, which I I can get down with. I mean I I got really no problems with it. It's like oh I can't eat meat here. There's a million other options if I really really needed the meat. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what Wayside Cafe is. You don't know what Wayside. So Wayside is, uh, I guess they opened up like uh, maybe a year and a half ago. It's a downtown. Like it's like the it's the newish, I guess I could say, vegan cafe. It's 100% vegan, yeah. and it's like the first 100% vegan restaurant in Olympia. Like obviously, most places in Olympia offered the option, but this place is like no meat, no dairy. Period. But yeah, seems kind of overdue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, honestly, for, for Olympia. Olympia. Yeah, <laughs> as quote-unquote progressive as we are. Yeah. Quote-unquote is right, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can get into that in the uh, overtime. But um, uh, do y'all remember the last concerts y'all went to, like prior to COVID? Last concert I went to, it was probably at the Fun House in uh, Seattle. Okay. I, God, who was it? I think it was just like a homie of mine. Um. I don't know. I, I've always uh, I've always kind of mained like uh, El Corazon in the Funhouse just because I was living up in Seattle for over a year. You know, I was up in Cap Hill and yeah, just if I had the time when I wasn't working, that's where I was. It's it's too long ago and it's almost embarrassing because of that. But uh, it was uh, movements in Seattle at. Uh, uh, that the Vera project. Right? Yeah, you were there. Yeah, I was there. That's yeah. on my last show. That was a long ass time ago. <laughs> Dude, it was. It, it really was. Yeah. That was. Uh, who did? Who, who were movements playing with? It was. Uh, it was a bunch of weird bands. Like it was like bands that weren't. They were trying to bring up. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like they'd gotten a little bit of like acclaim and were. There was their own tour, so they were bringing homies with them. Okay. Yeah, I remember that show, but I just can't remember who opened it. And uh, when when we all started Cap City Presents, like I I think any listener of this podcast you know knows my visions, but I want to know between the two of you, you know what were your visions that you saw for Cap City Presents when we started this? Mm, so when we when we started this, we were all kind of doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think I remember that. I was living in Aberdeen at the time, and uh, I just uh, I was like I feel like the only kid like focused on bringing other bands from you know different states to my shitty little town you know mm-hmm. i i had access to uh, a v uh, it was no it was an eagles hall some veterans hall you know yeah and uh, i had a sound system because i played music so i you know i just get bands and i throw my band on there to support and Hell yeah. then like we had like two locals so i i just you know yeah, it was a lot of the time it was the same show, <laughs> but uh, that early beginnings, you know, you you, you learn, you you bring more people in. I, I was really trying to bring like Seattle bands down to to Aberdeen because we just didn't have the culture down there. Right. We were literally just a, a party scene, you know, kids mm-hmm. getting fucked up in a garage, and you know that's beautiful and that's fun, but uh, some people are a little more invested in the art form. I think of you know. Self-expression within music, and I, I definitely felt that way. You know, I felt very isolated uh, in the sense that I, I felt like everyone was only listening to maybe a handful of bands, and I was like, "Yo, but 
listen to all these other cool bands that are coming up like you guys right. are missing out like <laughs> there's there's really something cool here and from that i remember uh really forming a relationship with joey because i think joey booked my band at, at some point it was a long ass time ago it must have been with uh at the time dystopia when you were really kind of taking them under your arm you know and uh well i guess i should say under your wing but um yeah no from there i just i started hanging out with uh just some people around the scene and you know me and joey were doing shows and we were kind of fucking with that we're like yo you do this i do this that's hell yeah and uh i think uh what was it we must have done uh it was probably one we did some sort of a fest and from that um because I, I knew nothing about, you know, the underground hip-hop scene or, or the underground rap scene. And, and you, you linked me up with him, and mm -hmm. <laughs> you brought up this, this crazy idea that we should just be getting together and doing shows. And, you know, for the, for the some, it feels like a short time, um, but I guess it was like, what, two, two years? We were all just kind of like this collective, mm -hmm. right, you know? Yeah, we started in 2015. So, I mean, I think it was about two years ago that y'all hit me up and you were like, hey, we're not as active as we used to be. You know, Andy, you can take care of it from here. I kind of spoke for you. I'm sorry if that's the problem, but I kind of felt like you were, that was the vibe overall. What? We... When when I sent that message out. I oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I kind of spoke for Justin, too, but it just kind of seemed like he was kind of like, uh, you know, you're getting a little bit of that YouTube fame and stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. No, you were, you were busy and Dude, you were doing yeah. stuff, and then like, uh, and then I, my life just basically fell apart <laughs> Dude, at well, the point well, at that point. So, well, guess what, Joey? My life's falling apart. Now, hey, so. now we're don't worry, we're closer <laughs> than ever. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful though, honestly, just yeah. to just to get this experience with y'all. You know, I mean, I know we we, we aren't doing it anymore, but. Well. Um, I mean, yeah, it was Andy. A, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, well, I mean, keeping the spirit alive. Obviously, we gotta we gotta wait for fucking COVID to, right, to finish right. its course. But you know, you know, that's the perfect transition to my next question. How do you think I'm doing since you know I've reattached or you know so in, in what way attached to myself? Well, okay, so like I'm, I'm talking about pre-COVID because obviously you know pre-COVID you know I was I was booking anywhere between. What was it? You know, anywhere between five and you know twenty shows a month. Like, did y'all mm -hmm. think I was doing a good job? What, yeah, you know? absolutely. Okay, you, cool. uh, you know, I had talked to uh, Sage, uh, our sound guy here today. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sage. Thank you for all your hard work. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, he, he was telling me, you know, how you are keeping the fucking music scene in Olympia alive. Like, you know, Joey and I are that. gone. You know, I, I mean, you obviously are. I feel like the fucking kingpin of the fucking, uh, <laughs> you know, hip hop and underground rap scene. Um, we, we never had, I, I feel like, you know, like Joey did some, some hip hop rap shows, but, uh, we, we never really had that connect the way that you did. And I, I see you keeping the music scene alive in that sense, you know, appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, I, I've always respected your grind because <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> the fucking, there's a reason I don't book shows anymore and it's because it just, I got, burnt out man mm -hmm. i got Which burnt out very easy to happen i well, definitely see it all the time yeah but just between that and like understanding that i know um my band is suffering because i'm trying to help some band that doesn't really care if they get a show with me or not from mm -hmm. like you know some nowhere town 
Um, not that I, I don't want to support, you know, everyone. I, I wish I could, but realistically, it's like there's a certain point you hit where you're just like, okay, like, yes, I'm helping this band and I feel good about it, but I need to make sure that I'm, like, taking care of myself because if, I'm, sure. if I'm not doing that, then I can't help this band, you know? If I can't physically pay this band what they they want, then I'm just wasting their time, you know? Yeah. I got to... Yeah, I don't know. So at first, I made the mistake of, because I was I was still like gainfully employed at the time when I first started all this. I was I was doing well, so I, um, you know, I think what happened for me is I lost my vision. Initially, it was to bring back this like all ages thing. I wanted all ages mm-hmm. and to bring people together and that thing. But I also wanted to make a living. Initially, <laughs> what I did was I ended up getting like reprimanded quite soon about that. Like that was some super evil thing. For me to want that. I had people sat down and talked to me. And I, what I made the mistake of doing is I listened to them. (laughs) (laughs) And I, and so I became really about that whole like ethos where it's about DIY. It's about the touring band, making sure they're taken care of, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in most of that now. So the reason why I don't is because, um, okay. So if we talk about how it normally goes for our town, which is we get mid-level to lower-level bands. Right. We're not Seattle. Mm-hmm. Newcomers that are trying to break through. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. That's great. The, the problem is, is these people are traveling the U.S., trying to get their name out there. Um, but the people showing up to the show aren't coming for them. They're coming for the locals. They're coming for their friends and so, just hoping that they stick around for the touring band that's right. there. Which, that's how that's how it's going. That's how the ethos works, the DIY ethos works. However, it's not fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the people who make the people show up are the people who should be getting the money. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Now, I, I understand there's, like, travel expenses, but if your band is not there yet... You haven't earned it yet. You you need to be paying out of your pocket, and so that's that's where I've shifted my thought process. I, I I think I listened to the DIY people, and it's very trendy to be like a certain way in this town. <laughs> okay. Um, and I get that, but um, it's not sustainable. And I think what happened was I burnt out. I I ended up always I paid out of pocket all the time. Right. All the time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have money to do that. And then eventually when I was basically just like <laughs> living it and not working anymore, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't paying out of pocket anymore. <laughs> and sure. so, um, you know, so then the bands would show up and they would get 20 bucks and they're like, what the fuck? You know? But yeah, when but, you're the one, you know, taking the time to, you know, you know, make the flyer, to distribute the flyers, to, you know, make the event page, to find the locals, to there's a lot that goes into the background of producing oh, yeah. a show. It's it's a lot of work. And mm-hmm. it's and it's not and it's not like that's the only person like I it's not that I wanted like I would have wanted to be making like a ton of money. It's just I, I don't think I should have been paying out of pocket. Right. And Rightly I so. and I don't and that was my fault. Mhm. Ultimately, because I basically just listen to people that, For sure. and um, 
that I, you know, I guess I was trying to fit in. I'm going to be honest. I think that there was a lot of that for me. There was a lot of like during my time with Cap City was I was just like out of my probably more out of my element than I admitted. And um, I'm not a cool person. <laughs> and I'm liar. I, <laughs> I'm not. And, and, and I'm and I'm not like this like hardcore dude. Like, I love the music, but I'm just not, that's not my personality. Bro, like, I saw your old MySpace pictures. You were definitely <laughs> a hardcore dude. I was yeah. emo kid. It's no, different. It's, dude, no. it's not a face, mom. Dude, emo's, emo's way, way more hardcore. Is that a sentence? Uh, I don't know. It, yeah. You were badass, Joe. Don't ever belittle yourself like that in front of me. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. But, but that's like my two cents on, on promoting. I want, I now, it. in I, terms I of it. like, the thing is, though, so I've been spending the last four years basically trying to, like, rebuild my life after a lot of shit went down. And uh, and so ultimately where I'm at now is I still want to, like, I want to be gainfully employed again and making money and doing something reasonably, like, fun. Um, but I also, like, have also come to another realization that... I'm not going to be happy just as a tech guy in Seattle either. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where, like for me, I don't know what's next. I don't know what I want to do. I just know like I need to get something going that where I can be like sustained. And then after that, I would like to go back into doing something. And yeah, well, you're, you're a person, you have, you know, emotional needs, you know, you, exactly. you, need, you need to create art the same way that, you know, me as a musician has a need to create art, you know? And uh, and I think that this is like something interesting to talk about. I I I, je I definitely think that book and shows uh, it can be considered an art form, you know, because definitely. this is our this is our way of self expression, you know. And th that's something I I always felt when always we felt would have too. our little meetings, you know. We were we were really just like a bunch of fucking kids, you know, that loved going to shows because we we felt a certain way going to these shows and you right. know yeah. like yeah we're just kids but we're, we're now trying to be the adults of the local scene in Olympia you know we're trying to you know give kids voices rather than the you know 70 year old uh, insane jazz musicians that you know, <laughs> d exist in every city but uh, yeah I don't know I think also like Cap City at the time like with um, like I booked a lot of metalcore <laughs> uh -huh. mm -hmm. and uh, and that was and I know, like, he's in a metalcore, metalcore band. I know a lot of the stuff you booked out there was metalcore. And I think that was also, like, a little bit of a flavor difference, too. Like, Oh, yeah. Well, well we're, we're all into our own Yeah. Things, I mean, y'all but... opened up my eyes to something that I probably wouldn't have seen if it weren't for you, too. Oh, yeah. The Internet's wild, man. Yeah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cool to see, though. Like, that's what I, I think, that's what one thing I did really well is I was always trying to bridge like bridge gaps between Dude, like I remember you gave me a fucking professional email and I was like yo Joey got me a fucking email that's not a <laughs> gmail like how did he do this? <laughs> Dude, that's just my simple brain I'm just you know a nobody that comes from a farm town that knows how to make coffee so <laughs> yeah you know I still feel guilty to this day because you like made capcitypresents.com and like you gave me an at capcitypresents and then I was just like one day I told you Joey I was like hey you know you can you know stop directing 
directing people to that email. I never check it. And you were like, what? I'd been directing you know people to that email for a long time. And I'm like, what's what's the password even? And I looked through it. <laughs> and I looked through it. And I was like, I got so many good inquiries. I am oh, the biggest yeah. dick in the world. <laughs> no, you're not a dick. No, oh, God. Uh, but um, no, Cap City. Oh, sorry. I'm hoping the website helps now, though. You oh, definitely. Yeah. And for those listening, uh, Joey Christina here made the website CapCityPresents.com. So be sure to check that out. I appreciate you for doing yeah, that. For no taking problem. the time to do that, dude. Because, like, all I know is booking shows. My job is to get an email from a touring band and for me to say, you remind me of these two bands from Olympia, so I think you should be on a bill together. And I think you would sound sonically best at, I don't know, the Pig Bar or O'Malley's or the Voyeur or yeah. McCoy's. And that's my job. My job expertise don't, you know don't translate to i need to make a website where i put down where all my shows are Dude. who i've booked what are the pictures you know this, this is also another reason i was really trying to get people together with this stuff because i also realized that i couldn't do everything right you know i have <laughs> strengths and weaknesses i have a lot of weaknesses <laughs> so, you're only human so, mommy. you're only human so so it's just it's it's really good when you have collaboration like um and when you are able to like reach across like all these different uh, like genres and and scenes and stuff and 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 like bring everybody into a place where, like we're just all trying to put like something on mm-hmm. and and like the musicians might be trying to to make it or whatever but like for me it was just more about the community element of it and having the people coming together exactly I think in the beginning of everything you're kind of just doing it because it feels right rather than. I mean, logistically, in in a business sense, it, you know, is right. You know, if I knew everything that I knew now, then I I think we really could have done something a lot bigger with it. Because I'm, (laughs) you know, I think we all, I think us three can all admit like we were all at fault. Like, uh, you know, there were just things that, there were steps that we could have taken that we just didn't. Oh, yeah. Like, I think a lot of people still want to play shows in Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's really just a... I think a matter of just making sure that we're visible to them because I think mm-hmm. that that was a big issue for us is like we would either get offers for, that were just completely unreasonable um, or <laughs> we would just <laughs> we're all laughing because we're all promoters. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, well, yeah, it's like it's yeah, like okay, down. so I get it. You're a you're a fucking booking agent. Congratulations. <laughs> but guess what, homie? I got a I got a fucking venue for you, but there's only 70 like I could fit like 70 people in the voyeur, including the bands. <laughs> and, and that's and that's still against code. Oh yeah. Right? yeah 10 o'clock hits uh for anyone that's listening outside of Washington. Uh, 10 o'clock in uh, Olympia anyone under 21 you got to get out so these shows got to be over by thing though that was only at lavoyer correct actually washington state you are allowed to play up until 11 o'clock but lavoyer was special because they did two shows a night so they just said you know that was like lavoyer's policy 10 o'clock you're out to to be fair lavoyer was a very i guess different special place you know Mm. because they did sell liquor you know they were essentially I mean, an all-ages venue with a bar, yeah, which yeah. isn't everywhere. You know, yeah. that's not all all-ages yeah. venues. They're like the only venue, I think, here that did that. Yeah. I mean, I know that there was... Oh, Octopus. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's right. And then I know, yeah. like, uh, back in the day, what was that venue? The Royal. They had 18 up. They did have 18 and up shows. They had that's 18 right. up shows. Yeah. yeah. Where mm-hmm. was the Royal at? The Royal is where uh, the Rhythm and Rye is now. Shout out Andy Geertsen. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. went to a, I went to a show there once. That was a long time ago. <laughs> 
Man. Yeah, no, we're all old. Like, yeah, anybody we, here listening? We, we've got some skin in the game, boys. <laughs> oh, God. I, I feel like our problem is, is we would have too many stories. <laughs> yeah, so, Andy, uh, what, what do you think you're going to do once shit, like, clears up like uh, do you have kind of a plan moving forward with so i've i've mentioned this in a few other interviews um and really what i'm doing as of now is i'm just trying to keep the name cap city presents relevant and what i'm using that platform on instagram twitter facebook to do is to raise the voices of not only musicians but also you know restaurants here in the area or you know venues that are shut down due to this to the pandemic okay so as of now i'm just trying to keep the name relevant and i know once things do start to pick up again what i'm hoping will happen is that the venues that you know see that i'm still trying to keep you know relevancy or whatever they're going to hit me up and say hey can you help us book shows here or you know and here and here my goal really is if i can book at you know three or four venues on top of that being a booking agent for multiple other bands Mm -hmm. i can make a full-time job out of that you know i mean definitely once shit does clear up um, you know, depending on exactly when it is, who, who fucking knows. But uh, when when it comes back, when shows come back, everyone, everyone is going to be wanting to tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that might be a, a really difficult thing for some newcomer bands, and that's really unfortunate. But or or just artists in general. Um, but I think because of that, there I think there's going to be like this crazy insurgence, right? Uh, I mean, kids are going to try and figure out how to reconnect on like a physical like spectrum i guess again mm-hmm. and it's going to be insanely awkward so, a lot uh, of people crossing arms in the back but um i i think i think it's i think shows are going to be fucking sick when once yeah, shit yeah. pops off again because for one you got new venues like coming up mm-hmm. I, it's got to happen right yeah exactly i mean there are going to be these venues that are shutting down people are going to want to come in and swoop and buy them you know while they're cheap mm-hmm. and you know if the venue is going to include the stage there, if not, you know, all the sound equipment that comes with it. It's so a new gonna... opportunity for any promoter, for mm-hmm. sure. You know, you got to get in there. I, I think you, you especially, I think you could be on top of all this. I think you could create some, like, local empire, essentially, you. you know? Yes. I, I think you technically, like, I mean, Seattle's struggling just as much. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of the venues up there have, like, uh, funding from the state to right. keep them just open. Yeah. But... I, I mean, there's going to be new establishments that open probably a few months down the road. They're, mm-hmm. People are going to start to realize that, oh, people need a place to go. Right. Um, and and I really think I really think there there's a lot of potential for you. Thank you. You know, uh, I mean, me, me myself, like I, I'm definitely kind of done with like the booking side of it. I, I love everything that I had to do with it, um, even though I always felt like you guys were kind of like running the shit. Uh, mm-hmm. But. Dude, you had you had so many. I'm gonna just interject. Uh, Justin had so many connections, so many more than I did, and so I, I disagree. <laughs> I think that like so like we you know maybe I would come up with an idea, or like we would come up with an idea, but like if it weren't if it weren't for you getting involved with it, it wouldn't have, like the the scene show is a great example of that. Oh right. Like that those would not have even happened. It wouldn't even happen yeah, because bro, you knew because all be- the people. It became that came a meme. It did become it a meme. A meme. <laughs> can, y- can y'all go into it because you were the ones that actually set up the scene show? Can you explain to the to the listeners what the super scene show okay, was? Okay, so so real quick, I don't I don't want to be that guy that says like y'all fucking copied us, but we did <laughs> we did the scene show right, 
And literally, like, I think six months later, Emo Night started mm. popping up. It's that different, a, though. It, it is different. I will give them that. <laughs> but, homie, they're fucking playing non... It, it's essentially just uh, the red jumpsuit apparatus and, uh, <laughs> like, uh, I guess... 30 Seconds to Mars, My Chemical Romance. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's mainstream emo band. Right, right, exactly. Glorified jukebox, by yeah. the way. It's a place I'm for, sorry. <laughs> it's for, that's not a show. <laughs> it's a place for, like, a 28-year-old dude to, like, get drunk and hit on, like, other 28-year-old people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I fucking, I remember doing uh, that as... Kind of, it was like kind of a, a gag, right? Like, we were like, oh, we're a bunch of weird fucking scene kids from MySpace, and this was the weird shit we listened to, and we're just going to see if bands would want to, like, pretend to be, you know, these old fucking scene bands. and Right. And they did. And, and dude, they, it was sick. And they did so people, good. <laughs> people still ask me about um, the Super Scene New Year shows and if it's ever going to come back. But, I mean, the last one, uh, the last one we did was at Real Art in Tacoma. And it was it was crazy good, but uh, th- there was just so much. There was a lot of fucking drama around that specific show, yep. and uh, I remember just like at the end of the night, yeah, it did really well, but like I just it wasn't like the the shit that transpired from that show kind of like just really turned me off to booking shows, and I mean that was an era too. Like you know, I felt like that that definitely. was like a, a season where like there was just constantly like some controversy going on well i also i also feel like because this the super scene new year show it we introduced a lot of seattle talent like into the olympia scene because of it and i think for the most part it was actually more just like seattle bands or just people from tacoma that weren't really like involved with our scene they didn't have fans down here if anything we were you know kind of helping them as artists, you know, find new new listeners. Uh, and I think from, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I think it, it, it had to it had to do with just, like, them meshing with our scene. Mm-hmm. And it just, there was, like, this weird click thing that just didn't exist, you know. And Were there a lot of divas? Is that the way to describe it? Mm-hmm. Or? There was, like, there was, like, somebody who was, who was one of the, because these were piecemealed bands, right? Like, these are bands that weren't, like, some of them probably were like the full band, but yeah. most of them were like like from different bands. It, it was all like a fake thing. Like it, it was interesting. We did. There were certain bands. Like I booked uh, the Home Team. I booked uh, Dead Lakes, and they so they essentially pretended to be like, you know, other bands, and from <laughs> that, <laughs> like the the meme transpired i guess i can call it a meme it was a meme <laughs> i mean it was shared a, a lot of places people thought yeah. that that show was fake they did they they it did it bardock obama is yeah that the... it was like some <laughs> facebook meme account yeah but it had like one of those huge meme accounts Dude, i spent know? i spent like fucking a whole day making that those flyers because they were just like cancerous they were just cancerous <laughs> yeah there was i don't know it, I, I get it i totally get it yeah. But, yeah. well it was there was some controversy with like a band member though it was some guy who, oh, yeah. yep. like, I guess had had done something to some 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 female or something. Something happened outside of the show, you know. But some they we didn't know about it, you know. Oh, so yeah, it's no. like it's not something we you can't know everybody's personal right. life story, right? Yeah, no. So all uh, all out that guy that was AJ Casso. Uh, he uh, 
Okay. You know, we, we booked him, and we never fucking should have because the guy is kind of scummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I totally feel comfortable saying that. Like, don't book. Like, I don't think he's doing anything anymore. All but, right, good, good. But, but yeah, he was just kind of like, he was just a fuck boy, you know. Like, even after all that shit, homie was trying to, like, slide in my girl's DMs at the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, like, it was ah! weird, man. He's like, yo, let's. Let me be fake as fuck for you, blah. I got a lot of tongue skunk on my tongue. So you, what? So you both as promoters, like, I'm really glad y'all are bringing this up. Like, does that fake? (laughs) You're not cool, bro. Sorry. (laughs) It's the is it the promoter's job to keep the to to keep the crowd as safe as possible? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Thank you. Yes, yes. I think I think it's also the promoter's job, like realistically, to keep the musicians like humble because i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of this like uh, i have a superior a superiority complex like over everyone and i get that because you gotta essentially fake it till you make it or you could just play the real card like i i respect that more than anything but uh i don't know like everyone you know especially in our scene because like like i said when we were really as a group like doing our thing like the scene was not necessarily popping but we were trying to give, we were trying <laughs> yeah. really hard to, like, tell people, like, hey, play shows, you know. Uh, we're trying to give everyone this platform, like, we, we get it, like, we don't have a shit ton of money to offer you. But, right. like, we, wanna, we, want, we want this to do well because, you know, it does well in other places. It's just, I think, you know, Washington, like, as a music scene in general, is just kind of quieter. People are kind of, you know, trying to, you know. Like there's there's other things than music, mm-hmm. you know. Very true. And I, I totally respect that, but I think that's the beauty of Olympia is because you could go on any night of the week, whether it be a Monday or a Wednesday, and you could find something that's going on. You could find at least one event that's going on. Yeah, you absolutely could. But I I I honestly think Olympia is just kind of like a homebody place. Like a lot of people just don't. Well, like I think they want to go out, but it's just there's that anxiety now. Yeah. You know, like back then, that's that's how you you met people and like figured out what you wanted to do artistically is you went to shows or you went to uh some place where like there was you know some type of live performance you know whether it be like acting or you know poetry or something like that um spoken word that shit existed but people just didn't really feel comfortable i guess like because they didn't have a group of friends or you know they're they're all essentially like building this like online presence and Mm -hmm. uh, I totally get it now, you know, like, I see the way, like, everything is moving now, and, you know, I, I mean, I, my friends are super into, like, the, the Twitch streaming, and I think you could, like, speak on this, Joey, but, like, I think, you know, not understanding it to its fullest extent, because I'm not a Twitch streamer, I definitely think there's something here, because you have these group of kids coming up, and this is their way of essentially experiencing live shows. Like, I have, a, I have some homies... Uh, shout out to Avoid that just did a, a live stream show and it sounded fucking amazing. Okay. It, it was great. Everything about it was super over the top in production. Amazing. But I, I mean, the the only downside was like, I, I guess you're, you are missing that like live interaction from a crowd mm-hmm. and you, you cannot deny that that live experience having a bunch of people in a room is significantly better. But because like kids are coming up in this way where they are, you know, this is how they are for the first time ever experiencing a live show. Right. This 
this is the new norm, essentially. I, I, I mean, live shows are definitely going to come back. They're definitely going to be, like, better than ever. I mean, there's probably going to be some, like, stricter regulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, definitely. But, um, it, you know, it's just a, it's a very human, like, thing to want to go to a show. I, th- I think it, it, at the end of the day, just comes down to how reciprocative are these kids going to be when the time comes where they are allowed to, or are their parents even going to let them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And, and, and like, I guess moving forward, it's just, I think, I think especially uh, for anyone that's booking a show, I think it's insanely important to remember that there are new artists out there. Definitely support your homies that you've been working with forever. But I, you know, the, the thing that keeps a music scene alive is fresh blood. And, uh, you know, and, and I guess for artists, too, I, 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 I hope as artists moving forward, people don't get stuck in this old head way. You know, I, I really want to see the music scene prosper here in the way that I know it has and, and will. And I mean, looking, you know, pre-internet at <laughs> the way Seattle, you know, conducted the entire music in- industry. You right. Know? Um, grunge was a, a hit, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was essentially just a bunch of poor people from nowhere towns that decided to give up everything and move to Seattle or Olympia and just like be punk as fuck. And and cultures from like other states and places were like, "Yo, this is this is sick." Yeah, <laughs> you know, we still have that, but yeah. I think I don't know. I, I think I just have a, a lot of hope and expectations from both promoters and artists moving forward to you know remember that Washington State in general has this amazing amazing very like uh, I guess I should say it, it's different we have a we have a taste we have a flavor we have a culture here that that you can't get anywhere else you know the same way that if you heard like an artist from Florida do their thing you know if they were being real if they were you know being honest about the conditions that they were coming up in you know um, you know, I probably personally as a, as a Washington musician wouldn't be able to experience that. But I think, uh, I think just like being able to take that art in is, uh, is all the more humbling, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think there's a lot that Washington has to give, but I think we, we all kind of choose to, I don't know, play the, I'm a cool guy card too hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I yeah, I'm with you on that. I guess uh, going back to what you said about uh, you know like helping all these new and upcoming bands and stuff. So basically, what I've been doing as of lately for the past like at least three months, I've been just going on Instagram and typing in hashtag Seattle musician, hashtag Seattle metal, hashtag Seattle hip hop, hashtag Seattle blues. You know, just going through the hashtags, going through the sea of hashtags because. Like there are bands that are forming because of the quarantine, yeah, and yeah. there yeah. are also bands that are you know breaking up as a result of the quarantine. Oh yeah, and you know I, I'm basically doing everything in my parts so that when shows do come back, I will have you know at least you know a few names of locals because I, like you even said you know uh, touring bands are are going to be hungry for this, but realistically touring isn't going to be coming back first it's going to be local shows because we don't want to spread the virus you know from one state to another yeah underground is going to be what i I mean it it definitely exists still like people are booking illegal shows essentially still 
And are y'all are y'all aware that there are still shows going on in Oregon? In Oregon? Oh, I'm sure they're still going on, man. But like, I'm sure there's shows somehow. going on here. It's it's just a bunch of kids that are just like, you know, I don't give a shit if I kill my dad with COVID. <laughs> just, oh my god, dude! I mean, not well, wrong though. You're you're a, you're a kid though. Like yeah. you're a fucking kid. I you know I'm a I'm a fucking adult. I understand that I you know I can't fucking be doing that. Right. Like I have a moral compass. Exactly. But when you're a kid, like you know, when I was a kid, I was focused on you know. Uh, getting a girlfriend, not doing my homework, and, <laughs> and and you know, just like being this cool, you know, quote unquote, cool guy that was involved in a, uh, you know, I don't, I'm just an uncertain music scene. You know, I was trying to get involved with one or you know, create one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, realistically, when you know the the warnings started happening in March, you know, shows were getting canceled. You know, and b- by the touring bands. Because they didn't want to, you know, spread this, and they were taking it so much seriously than I was. Because even at the pig bar, they were like, "Hey, three shows just canceled. Can you, you know, book some shows for us?" And yeah, I booked some shows, but you know what happened? Nobody came to those shows because yeah. they were like two days promotion, and you mm-hmm. know, people were told stay inside. And you know yeah. what? I'm I can now look back and think like, "Damn, that was very irresponsible of me." But like. Just well, learn hey, from it. like honestly, like I'm not even gonna ding you on that. In the beginning of COVID, it was, you know, it it, it almost it felt weird. Like mm-hmm. it, it almost felt like okay, if anything, this is gonna be like two weeks. Right, exactly. And um, you know, we yeah, it we, feels like we've been through this before. Yeah, like we've, we've yeah. had like the bird flu. We had like we had SARS. I remember SARS really well, and mm-hmm. you know, being scared about that. But you know, that was what 2000. Like nothing compared yeah. to this. Yeah, it was like they talked about it for a while, and it was like they just stopped talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just kind of figured this be a. Similar. I knew. Oh, sorry. Go oh ahead. no, no, it's all good. Uh, I was just gonna say, I just think it's like a, it, it's scary just in general. Like, I mean, like I can speak on this. Like, I, uh, I got chicken pox. Like a lot of us, you know, we're we're all like, I, I'm I'm 27. I don't know how old you all are. Around like t- 25 to 30 something, right? Like early 30. Yeah, 31? Okay. 33. Yeah, 33? Yeah, early 30s, right? Uh, so anyways, like, uh, like we, we were all exposed to, like, chicken pox, essentially. Most of us, anyways. And because of that, shingles is like a, a virus after chicken pox that lays dormant in your body because that's just one of the side effects of chicken pox. Yo, homie, I got a fucking scar on my face because of that. Yeah. Like, viruses are very real. And I think that the scary thing about COVID is we don't know the after effects of it. And I, I think uh, being a person that has, you know, a fucking scar on his face because of the chicken pox, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a virus that we now have, like, contained, um, like, I understand why there's a fear, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of, of COVID because it's just like, you know, it's a very new thing. Um, and I, I guess, I don't know, like... You know, I think I think it, it's unfortunate the way it's plagued, like mu- the music scene in general. Because, like, I mean, I, I'm a musician. I gotta I gotta eat too, but uh, it's just like you know, we we have no fucking idea what what's gonna happen after the fact. You know, after you recover, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you could have a fucking scar on your face because of it. And it's not only musicians; it's booking agents too. You know, venue staff, bartenders. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's been a it's been a one hell of a year. Shout out to the essential workers. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I work in the weed industry, so I'm quote unquote essential. But yeah, the drug industry is booming, homie. Yeah, yeah dog. I'm a coffee boy, like. <laughs> no, seriously, like business has doubled. Oh wow. Like since, like, yeah, if if all the drugs disappeared, 
the world would yeah no everyone would have guns yeah <laughs> yeah um so i want to ask uh, joey a few questions so i know you would know the answer to this because i got asked a you know, I don't I don't know how long ago it was, but somebody asked like, "Oh, that's a really sick logo. Who made it?" I remember you made the uh, Cap City Presents community, you know, group on Facebook. Do you do you remember, you know, like, "Oh, that was you, Justin?" No, no that's somebody he the, knows. <laughs> I work, oh. Yeah, no, that was uh that was Kendall Johns. He okay. uh, he played in a band uh, called Dead Crown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're still popping, but he's got like some like solo rap thing going on oh, right now. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Um yeah, I didn't make that. <laughs> well, no, I, I figured you would. I figured y'all would know the answer to this because, like, I I couldn't tell you where that came from and who named Cap City Presents because I remember we were Aaron. like, it's Aaron. Aaron Lanfer. Aaron Lanfer named it. Yeah, yeah, he was him. Shout out to Lowther. Yeah. Wait, Aaron Lanfer. Well, he's not in Lowther anymore. But what is he in now? He's in like he's in a couple oh, different not, things. Well, I, that's how I remember him. Yeah, yeah he's just uh, you know he's a daddy of the scene. You know, he's a he's an old he's, head. He's I guess. recorded a lot of bands. He's a great soul. Oh, wait, no, Aaron. Oh, fuck. I Lanford. Did. <laughs> Lanford. Dude, wait, I'm like, sorry, Aaron, if you're listening. Wait. <laughs> you know, I totally confused you with, uh, what's his fucking name from low there? Uh, oh, oh, you're thinking of uh, Wolbert? I forgot that, like he, that he, so he was in low there, but I, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm thinking of Adam. He's in, he's in, uh, what's it, um, Oh Sleep, or what is it? Oh, something sleep. Is, Adam is it Oh Sleep? No. Up Sleep, Up Sleep. sleep. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I'm terrible. God, it, I don't know. Is Upsleep still doing shit? I every once in a while I see them post something like their pictures and stuff, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, shout out to Bert. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Bert? Let's go ride bikes sometime if you're still riding. <laughs> <laughs> you when remember you see- Bert had his picture? He had his like he had his face made into stickers, and then you just I like still see that shit. I know. You still every once in a while you see Bert's face like just behind somebody's car driving around town. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what the hell? Like, why did he do that? <laughs> well, he just wanted to, you know, be Bert. And uh, that's how you just capitalize on yourself, <laughs> I guess. I respect it, you know. Yeah, why do not? your thing, homie. Uh, when you say Aaron Lanfer, we can take this out if this isn't relevant. Is it A-H-R-O-N? Yeah, that- it's E-N, I think. Right? E-N. Okay, A-H-R-E-N. so I think I'm friends with them on Facebook, and I don't know how. I think I was just like, oh, you're somehow involved in the music scene. Add a friend. Or, you know, he, add yeah, friend, add yeah friend, he friend. recorded a lot of, like... Is he a sound engineer in Tacoma? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, yeah he did guy. sound okay. for real art. You probably, you've definitely run into him. Man. Okay, definitely. shout out Aaron. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a he's a homie. He's a sweetheart. He always made my band sound. I did. I preferred whenever we p- would play real art. I was like, yo, I hope Aaron's there because all right, uh, sweet. Yeah, he he was he always made us sound good. <laughs> if it, yeah, I think Aaron's really like lifeblood of Tacoma music right now too. Like he's he's a student. He's definitely an essential like yeah. uh, when it comes to mixing live bands. Uh, my engineer Sage, shout out Sage, uh, just shout sent out. me a. A screenshot that is the same Aaron Lanford that is <laughs> respect. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I I, th- I forgot who you were for a second. It's uh, <laughs> it's the bourbon. It's been a crazy year. Well, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Like everyone my problem, looks different, right? Yeah, no. My problem is, is like I'll remember like all five band members, but I won't remember the name of the band or vice versa. Or it's like I know one member of the band, but I can't tell you what band that they're in or like what <laughs> instrument they play. I'm the worst yeah. at that. Like, I totally, I'm with you. Everyone's yeah. rebranding, right? And everyone's kind of freaking out because they're just like, oh god, this my life's changed. Completely. What is my identity? Even? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Dude, I'm I'm in that boat, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like that, what, what am I doing. Who am I? Well, well, I guess take take this away from this moment right now, Joey. So is fucking everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has either life has gotten significantly better or it has become significantly worse. 
And, you know, I mean, for most musicians, I'm going to lean on the significantly worst. Mm. For most people that are involved in the music industry in general, significantly worse. People are literally losing their livelihoods. And, uh, I mean, just, just life in general aside, you know, I think this is a, a really challenging moment for everyone because we we kind of thought we were just going to keep doing the same shit until we fucking died, right? Yeah. I mean, I probably still would be in Seattle, essentially, if I just, you know, remained complacent, you know, and just fucking kept working my, you know, nine-to-five job, not putting enough time into my music. But I, I, I guess from that, this is an interesting thing, I, I think, that it's worth mentioning. Uh, the competition right now for, like, I guess new new artists that are coming up because it, it's it's coming. I'm I'm already starting to see it in Spotify playlists and shit Definitely. like that. Like it's hard. It's hard if you're just trying to make money off of just streaming on YouTube or you or know, just Spotify. trying to get those numbers in general. Yeah, like just trying to start They're, by getting the numbers and then you could focus on getting the money off of it. Mm-hmm. I I think artists moving forward need to realize that. <sighs> There's got to be something special about you, right? There's got to be... You can't just, like... Even if you're a, you know, daddy pays all my fucking bills kind of band or artist, you know, and you can fund, like, as much money as you want into advertising. I think there's a reason why when I see those advertisements on, like, say, YouTube or uh, whatever, what any streaming service... Uh, I think there's a reason why I'm not clicking on that shit. And it's because when I see your, your shit, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's not who I am. You know, I'm, I'm here to see the artists that I clicked on initially, uh -huh. you know, uh, whether it be rap, uh, hardcore, metalcore, deathcore, whatever, you know, um, I don't know. It's like, you gotta, you essentially gotta be better, right? Like, uh, th there's a lot of competition and that's great, but, uh, I think I think you need to realize that there's kind of this cliche that plays out in both uh both I guess genres or you know a as many genres as you want to say there are because there's a fucking million mm -hmm. but um you need to understand that copying other artists can be beneficial but you really got to just try and be a weird motherfucker right <laughs> right you really have to you have to be that fucking guy that samples the craziest shit because we're moving in, in a direction where what pops is fucking jokes and memes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's what gets your attention. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we are, we're at in 2020 is it's, it's a constant battle for attention. Seven second attention spans mm -hmm. and psychology. <laughs> and then there's the other side of this. You were talking about competition. I think this is this is not even it's not even just affecting musicians in the music industry, but it's it's affecting everybody because we used to live in a world where you would have a place that you would go to do a thing, right? Like let's say you want to be uh, I don't know a graphic designer. And you're in a and you're in a town, and there's a certain places that are hiring for that, and then they just have the pool of people that come to them to apply, right? It's not like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Now it's the entire world. The entire world is competing for the same positions. Oh yeah, man! I Definitely. got people back from high school that are like trying to do the podcast thing because they probably watch like Joe Rogan every day, and they're just like, "Yo, I can do that. I can do this. I have money." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you got fucking money, homie, but like, uh, you are you a special. person? <laughs> like, and that's what, that's what you were saying. You really do have to be like special. 
and you have to figure out how you're going to be special. And yeah. I noticed that, like, I have, I've actually gotten a check from Twitch once. <laughs> Yo. Um, so that's something. You're making that Twitch money. I but oh, you're fucking loaded. I, <laughs> it was 100 bucks. <laughs> that's tight. <laughs> um, Dude, but, honestly, that's better than, like, fucking 90% of people. Right. But, see, now, see, I took a hiatus, and nobody watches now. So if I... You got to always be on. It, you are really... It is a competition. Everything. Music, Twitch, careers, yep. anything. And yep. so you really do have to think about that. And you have to really put your... Um, like, you have to put your head to the grind. It's not going to be just, like, so simple anymore, I feel. You really have to differentiate yourself in some way. I think this is why I think the new artists that come out... And, and for a lot of them that I have been seeing... Are, they're doing it pretty fucking well. I think this is why, like, the new artists coming up are going to actually consume the entire music scene. And, and the reason I'm going to say that right now is just because these are kids that have all the time in the world now exactly. to figure out how to make them as artists sound good on a live stream setting, on mm -hmm. Twitch, on YouTube. Um, whereas us and, and other bands that, you know, grew up in our scene... We're old heads. We know how to sound good live. You know, we it. You have to put all your time into being a good musician, like uh, in in a, a live setting versus like a you know everything is tracked, put to a click. You've got all the samples you need. Right. You essentially just gotta you know, I guess throw a live sound in on top of a pre-recorded track, and that that's the reality I think moving forward with a lot of these artists is. You know, just like just as long as, you know, I can mix like one instrument in with the rest of the pre-recorded shit and make it sound good live. I think I think we could fucking do some cool shit. And, and, and like, I, I guess like what I'm trying to say is like most people that are our, our age that grew up in this shit. We don't know how to fucking even like it's it's as simple as like, how do I make my guitar like how do I get the audio from from my DAW to like go through on a live stream? Cause like I don't know how to work YouTube or <laughs> right. I don't, you know I just ha I have a producer and he does all my shit for me and like he's not here right now. So <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 well, that's like the reality for most of these artists, right? And uh, you know I, I think I think moving forward for sure, like good artists are gonna need a good crew. It's you're gonna first off need a solid manager. You're gonna need a, a good tech guy. You're gonna need someone that does videos because in this current climate, like I was saying earlier, you have to always be on. You will lose fucking fans because you know they're 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 being fed the next thing that's uploaded. Our attention spans have greatly shortened. That's why you see so many EPs nowadays. Like the, an LP is just like too long for some people. singles, homie. Yeah, singles. singles. Yep. It's lots of singles now, mm -hmm. and it makes sense. You know, we've uh, we've even been doing the singles, and we've gotten more success from the singles than ever. And it, it makes sense, but I, I definitely understand like for artists why they would want to. You know, like if you're trying to you know create like something that isn't just like a fucking one night session, and you're trying to really just like dive into how you're feeling and shit. Like you wanna you wanna take the time. You wanna develop fucking uh, 10 to like 13 or 14 tracks you know you you want to make this your your grand opus you know like yeah, everyone your, your body of work you know your everyone wants to everyone wants to do that i totally get that but um i you it, have it, to adapt though yeah i mean it, like, yeah. It's, it's the thing is life is just about that like i, I mean a really 
sad, depressing example of that is is my life because I I got I got diagnosed with MS, um, 2016, mm-hmm. and at first I didn't have a working leg, so like, life, society, culture, everything now is changing. Everybody has to do that. They have to just adapt and come up with a way to make this work. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because the only reason I started this podcast was because, you know, shows were canceled and I was like, well, you know, I can't just be posting, you know, funny music memes on Instagram and just hoping that my name stays relevant. Like, what the hell else can I do? And I have Sage to thank. Uh, Sage is the engineer who I've mentioned a million times in this podcast. Shout out to The unspoken hero. Oh, for real. Dog. Uh, And he had been bugging me for at least two years. He's just like... Every time, you know, we see each other, he's like, you, you need to start a podcast where you interview these musicians. And to be honest, I didn't start listening to podcasts until like late 2019, you know, early 2020, you know, because like every time he mentioned it to me, I was just like, I don't even know what that is. I've never <laughs> once thought like I should listen to a podcast. It just never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. And my mind would always like wander when I would give them chances. Mm-hmm. But then I, you know, had to just find the right ones like the Every Little Thing podcast or there's one called uh, Punch Up the Jam that's yeah. just my favorite, if you're mm-hmm. familiar. It's just, like, <laughs> the funniest thing ever. They just, like, dissect, you know, top 40 songs and, like, you know, try to go into a deeper meaning with it. And then they, yeah. they do the punch-up at the end of it. But, um, anywho, I'm getting off track. Basically, you know, ad- adapting comes with the territory. Like, it's like, you know, for example, uh, O'Malley's or the Pig Bar, where I used to book shows. They're not hosting live music right now, so what do they have to do? They have to keep slanging food you know, twice as much, oh, yeah. which I appreciate them doing. I mean, they're, they're suffering and I, I really hope that they're, you know, they come out of this and I can, you know, book shows there again. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have Joey actually to thank cause you were the one that sold me that PA system. Yeah. So I got really lucky on that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. But so yeah, I, I, I just sold it for the same price I paid for it, but I, I found a rich, I went to a yard sale. The guy was loaded and, um, he wanted way more for it, and I told him I had five hundred dollars, and uh, he uh, like he didn't sell it to me. I gave him my phone number. He called me later, and it's like you know, I'll just let you have it. Sweet. So. Yeah, there's a certain there's a certain <laughs> point with sound systems where people are just like, well, shit, that's not what it's worth. But like, I need some space in my garage. I'm moving. Yeah. Exactly. He was moving. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. That's it. why he was probably like, yeah, dude. Well, no, because he called me and he actually his first phone call was he found somebody who was going to give him like fifteen hundred bucks for it. Oh my god! So he, for that? For, no. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> and and he was like, so you know, sorry. And then so I was like, okay. And then he called back and was like, you know. Talk to you first, and I feel bad. You can have it for five hundred. No. That's oh, dope. That's dope <laughs> so I'm glad. I'm glad it's still making its rounds, though. I mean, that's shit. Man. Yeah. No okay. Time. So O'Malley's doesn't provide a sound system, but they do a payout. Like they, we don't charge a cover, so we just, you know, there's a there's a small payout, and then we pass around the tip jar for the bands. Yeah. And uh, that thing saved me. My God, I've learned so much about like running sound. I'm, I, mm-hmm. for the record, I do not call myself a sound engineer by any stretch. But oh, I have a PA system. I, yeah. yeah, I have a PA system, so we can throw shows at Westside Lanes. Yo, thanks yeah, to you. this is a <laughs> shout out to any promoter that was also the sound guy, that was also the door guy, that was also the security. That Amen. Was literally the entire show, you know, like, thank God. Hopefully none of y'all got sued. Shout out, y'all. You're, you're doing great, sweetie. Keep it up. Good work. Sweetie. Um, 
But yeah, no, loading a fucking PA system into a venue yourself because no one wants to help you because you still believe in local music. Yep. Like that was my fucking life, homie. I had a van, thank God. <laughs> you know. Like, so so you know like so when I when I had my my stuff with MS happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um what happened right before that initial flare up was I was in the middle of the rain at a house show. So it was like two in the morning after I'd already loaded all the stuff for the show, mm-hmm. worked the entire show. Yeah. Right. And then you know in the show, you know, of course every show you're gonna have like a thousand decibels in your ears the entire time. And then I'm like loading all this equipment back and that's I'm pretty sure that's what caused <laughs> like shows caused my shit to start. Well <laughs> like, I mean, like the I mean, inside. It was already stress, there, yeah, yeah, but anxiety, it, yeah. the the just the stress of it and like the you know I'm just out in the rain like lugging all this heavy stuff. Dude, it was killer, man. It's I a lot of work. I had to spend <laughs> there. So there was a this time like in Aberdeen, we did this crazy fucking show, and uh, this one band brought Silly String out. And, like, I'm talking, like, <laughs> actually, you know, I think I distributed the silly string. <laughs> so this is my fault. I, I can't even talk shit. So Because I, I was trying to have a fucking banger of a just, uh, you know, that's that was the Aberdeen music scene at the time. We were just party kids, you know. Um, we we had the show, and I distributed. I bought all the fucking silly string cans at the Dollar Tree, and I passed it to the fucking bands. And I was just like, yo, just just go wild that and was like the last show of uh, at the quesadilla they did that too they did that at the, yeah. dude so that stuff sticks to the floor if you don't get it off instantly <laughs> i spent i spent the whole next day just like fixing a venue that wasn't mine just like trying to get silly string off the floor oh and they dude Lord. they the whole time they're just like yeah hopefully it comes off and i was like yeah it's you know we're working on it <laughs> dude it never completely came oh, off my God. it never completely came off and they just ended up like re-staining the floor or something but i was they didn't dude, ask for money or anything no dude so you know <laughs> dude they should have fucking <laughs> they should have kicked my ass man shout out to the quesadilla factory i never went to it but god i heard stories dude it was it was a legendary venue shout out to uh jesus uh he fucking he, he ran the shit he, he you know like, he used to book shows everywhere manium uh midnight sun dude he was just a mm. he was a roadie man he did merch for like fucking i think it was let live under oath too he did under oath too yeah, yeah dude he's just you know he was a guy in the music scene that had a passion and he's I, still doing that i think is he still i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure he's still like well he's probably doing something else now like Photography, I think, is like a, a, big a thing. nomad or some short. That's at least what I last heard. Yeah, respect. Uh, the yeah. um, uh, reminded me though. Like, remember when we were fringe music? We I, I remember. I was, I was never a part of that. Actually, I was yeah. never a part of fringe, but I remember. I remember it. So we did fringe fest at mm. at the Midnight Sun, and somebody like put a huge hole in the wall in the bathroom. Yeah. I think I was there for this. I and think I do remember this happening. I didn't know about it until later, and then there was just like this, like hovering, like what's gonna happen? Like are they gonna try and get the you know thousands of dollars off me? I don't know what they're gonna, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen. Nothing happened, so it was like <laughs> it was scary, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that that's just always been how the the shows here are, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, it's clear like the venues now we aren't rich people, right? You know, if something breaks. I mean, just as long as, like, uh, the sound system doesn't get stolen, <laughs> for the most part, they're okay with it. You know, yeah. the glass gets broken, they're not going to charge us and throw it on our fucking tab. 
but shout out to the Midnight Sun for charging like what hundred fifty dollars. I think it was hundred fifty to not providing a sound system or door staff or anything. But well, we were just like, this s- is normal. <laughs> they, they had the they had the light system though. Okay. That was kind of cool. Dude, I it guess. was a weird venue. Don't defend. <laughs> I mean, like, shout out for, like, supporting, like... Right. I mean, that's literally art, where I threw but... my first show ever. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, that place was... I, playing that... Playing the Midnight Sun, it was always like, fuck, man. Like, I think the power is kind of shitty here. Like, I might blow my head yeah. tonight. Yeah. Or, but I don't know. know for I whatever might... reason, like, every time I put a show on there, there was a shit ton of people. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. It was just, yeah. like... People would just would like reminisce. I think about like old times going to shows at the Midnight Sun. Like, oh shit, there's a show at the Midnight Sun. I'll go I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Big, I got a bigger ask, venue for sure. I mean, yeah, you could fit you know a hundred people in there easy. Yeah. I do have to ask y'all. Did y'all throw any shows at the Northern? Yeah. At either the one yeah. on Fourth or the one on Legion. Yeah, uh, definitely. Not on the Fourth. I didn't do it at the one on Fourth. Oh, okay. Yeah, same. I never threw a show on um, the fourth at the fourth Ave location. I I, the, I went to a show the uh, on fourth, the one in the on fourth, and it was like Gag was playing. Nice, but it was also like this this indie band called Cloud, something Cloud, and the guy's like got a super high pitched squeaky voice and plays like a ukulele, and I'm like, <laughs> this is the craziest this like is... combination of bands right. I've ever seen in my <laughs> life, <laughs> but. I only bring up the Northern, really, because uh, at their Legion location, like, fun fact about me, I've only ever written two bad Yelp reviews, one of those being the Northern. <gasps> My dear God, I hated that place. <laughs> oh, man. I had a I had a great relationship with them at the end. Oh, okay. Wait, right, at right, the end? Yeah, really? Right, right before weird. they started, like, they stopped uh, becoming a thing. <laughs> oh, okay. But, like, yeah. it was Drew, Drew Whitman. Drew Remember Whitman. Drew? I do. Oh, yeah. yeah fuck. He, he was doing stuff there, and then I, I linked up with doing? him. He's in... Uh, he is in Wenatchee, and he is doing um, like photography and like sound engineering and all kinds of stuff. Okay, like full time. Like I don't know full time. I know he's doing sound engineering as a job. Like he's getting paid. Yeah, he always... which is pretty phenomenal, by the way. That's yeah, hard to do. For sure. Like he's for got real. an actual consistent job. Homie awesome. probably had money for college. He went to uh, Evergreen. Homie had money for college. If you, call, <laughs> if you want to call it at college, but yeah. shout out to Drew. I'm just uh, talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, Drew, Drew did great every time I ever worked with him. And, you know. I don't know if y'all had this experience, but, like, even me going, just going to shows, not even the, when I was hosting shows, I would go to the Northern and see, you know, two, three bands with all their gear outside of the venue, and I'd be like, what's going on? The show says it starts at 7, and people are like, oh, we're not allowed in the venue yet. Nobody here has the key to get us in. So, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> a, a very... Uh, a very real reality for <laughs> for a lot of the music uh, scenes, like shows around here. It's just funny because, like, yeah, it was all volunteer run. It was all volunteer run, yeah. which I 100 yeah. percent am like, that's dope. That's like it's yeah. really, that's really community oriented. Mm-hmm. Like, really speaks to Olympia. But when that volunteer doesn't show up to just you know unlock yeah. the door, yeah, these are still people. You know, they they still have like problems in their lives, and you know, like. But you this being was a like promoter, a... you have to be supportive and understanding, and it's like, well, fuck, now I, I, now I don't know how to run this show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Last second. Uh, I've got a four-band bill. Uh, can we just do 10-minute sets? I don't know what the hell else Dude, to do. You, <laughs> you know what hard. you should never do, which I used to do right at the beginning of all this? What's that? Book seven bands. Woo! Or like six bands See for hip hop for hip hop I was doing that at Lodge Voyeur of all places where you had to cut off at 10 Uh-huh yeah. So I was starting my shows at like 5 mm-hmm. wow. And and then everyone was pissed at you because you put them on at the 5 
like well, like <laughs> 520 <laughs> spot. Yeah, there's like nobody like, there. No one's fucking drunk yet. Like, <laughs> I can't even like fucking like my friends aren't gonna be here. <laughs> my fucking mom's not gonna be here, bro, until like seven o'clock, and she's gonna be fucking pissed when we play a set before because she's got to drive one hour. She's driving one hour to see us. <laughs> she's not even from here, dude. I gotta take her to Denny's afterwards. Oh man. I'm sorry, y'all, but uh, I'm a promoter. I'm a promoter and a musician, so I know how this shit works. <laughs> At least you got like the understanding on both sides, you know. I mean, I was in a band, but it, we were like really terrible, and I played. We played. Like, Everyone's terrible. We played like five shows. Though. It wasn't like some long-term thing, but. Yeah, I, I don't have a real understanding of the other side, I guess. I wouldn't say. Uh, that's okay. I think you're saving yourself a lot of, like, uh, like you're probably happier not having <laughs> to understand, like, that side. Maybe. <laughs> like, the, like, I'm an artist, but, like, I'm real, but, like, I'm not really who I am because, like, I also work at Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I can relate to that. <laughs> I mean, I've always, well, I've always, I have worked at Best Buy. Yeah, Best Buy. Yeah, and I've, you know, if you're in the music industry, I don't care who, what you're doing, you're probably working another yeah. job. Yeah, for no. sure. Well, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that are selling drugs. Yeah, which which certain venues do, but we won't we won't get into that. <laughs> no, yeah, let's not get into that. Hey, no, no, like seriously, as like an artist, like do what you got to do, do what you got to fucking do to, you know. This episode is over. <laughs> this just, episode is sponsored t- by drugs. <laughs> I let out too many Sell secrets. Drugs. I let out too many secrets. Oh, no. Bro, there's no fucking secrets. People want to know who the real you is. Like, Dog. quit playing it safe. All right. Well, yeah. I'm not going to say which venues, but I'll say well, there are venues. Well, definitely don't out them. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, don't, don't don't have to feel like you have to filter yourself because people people want to know the real you. People want to know exactly, you know, who you are and, you know, why Actually, you did no, what you did. Nobody wants to know. Why. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying I'm this. I'm enjoying you, this, buddy. too. Hey, yo, I, I want to stop this episode right here just to say shout out to Justin and Joey for making me the person that I am today. So... Uh, if you're out there listening to this, please give them a round of applause. Just like whatever you're doing. If you're driving, give them a round of applause. Yep. If you are walking your dog, give them a round of applause right Thank now. Thank you very much. Thank, no you. Doubt. Thank you for your applause, listener. I Yo, really appreciate it. Real quick, I want to stroke everyone's cock. Um, like, I think all of us, like, really, you know, coming together for the time that we did, you know, I think that really made us who we are. I, I, mm-hmm. I feel that way about every person I meet, you know, that kind of uh, is around for at least a a little bit of time, you know, like you've impacted my life. You've made me who I am in some certain way. And, you know, like, I can't say thank you enough, you know, like, I, I'm, y'all. I'm not, Same. I'm not a fucking rich person, but like, what, what the fuck is money, you know, in, yeah. in this, in this scene, you know, like where we do this 100% like due to a need to express ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I definitely always felt that, you know, it's just, I think when the issues did transpire, it was always like, you know, just real life shit, you know? We aren't these fucking rich ass motherfuckers. We don't have everything, you know? Yeah. And, you know, call it whatever you want. I think, I think at the end of the day that made us, you know, hopefully a little unique, you know, a little like real. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Well, you know, one thing I always kind of like can feel, I pat myself on the back and, and you guys as well. It's, so, you know, I felt like I always had a lot of criticism. Um and I don't I don't know if it was justified or if 
maybe I come off like an asshole online, or I don't know what it is. But I, I get the least <laughs> asshole vibes out of you, Joey. For real, like, dude. well, I, I don't know, but I've always, I've always had I've always had a lot of criticism, like ever from the beginning. Um, people criticized you. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. people criticized me too, but you uh, it's, know, it's like constant. It was serious? constant. It people was constant. Have- well, like, I've been heckled on stage before, but, like... Like, people, like, blowing stuff up on social media and stuff. Back yeah. Dude, honestly, you, you can't. I, I just, like, all I can remember is just, I feel like, even despite all that, I always was really trying to make, like, do the best for everybody. We, we or do were. the right thing in general. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I definitely can look back and be like... You know, there's there's some things I really wish I had done different. Same. You know, and and I really wish like, like, you know, there was some money from a, a certain fest that ended up at the casino, and I'm gonna say it right here on on this v- podcast, and it was from Freak Down Fest. It was yeah, the was second a, one we did. It was 150 dollars, Joey. Don't beat yourself. I know, but that was the community's money, and I took it to the casino and lost it, and. Uh, and it's fucked up. And I wish I had not done that. But you know, but, but for the most part, if you look at the the entire like five years, that was pretty much like my entire life was music, and doing shows. I feel like if you take all of that together, I feel like we all collectively did some fucking cool things. And Indeed. there were people that have come up to me since then and be like, hey, you know, like I met my husband, right, and stuff. And it's like you know, this this community part is like the biggest part for me. And I think, like, that's where, like, you know, the music part is super secondary for me. And that's why, like, that's as a non-musician. It's it's this whole element of having everybody come together. And everybody loves the music. And they're all there to enjoy that together and in, in that expression. And, um, and there is this power with having people together. And so I really do hope... With this new like time that we're in, with COVID nineteen, and this constant iteration from the news media that we need to be, um, this is the new normal. I don't want us to like lose the, our humanity in the process of that. Mm-hmm. And live shows isn't such a like primal expression of humanity. It's that you get everything out your your sadness, your anger your joy you end up meeting people like you have like great experiences after you can like have conversations with people um it's a beautiful thing so don't like just my little like preaching thing at the end here don't like (laughs) don't like let this stuff sink into your head that you can't like ever ever again enjoy that like we need to have that as people like we, we there's a need deep down inside of all of us can I piggyback off that? Yeah. So uh, what you were saying is, uh, you know, like if you had gone back to do a few things differently, and I think, you know, you and I can agree to this, you know, you were talking about this earlier, actually, you know, sometimes you give a local band 20 bucks and they look at you like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, well, t- to be honest, like, uh, you know, in comparison to some of the bands, you know, it's, I'm more about talking locals because, you know, these touring bands will come in and then you, you know, get two locals that have, you know, five band members each, but none of them do anything for promo. Like, none of their friends show up to this, and it is it is heartbreaking, but also, like, you know, we were the ones who were making the flyers and distributing the flyers and sending out the invites, and, you know, it, I, it, going back, you know, there were some shows where I probably should have paid 
you know, the local bands a lot more. But, you know, I really thought to myself, like, well, I worked 10 hours on this show. You know, I deserve X amount for this. I wish I had that perspective back then. I didn't. Mm-hmm. My my perspective was the opposite. I was like, and, and don't get me wrong, like it, it depended on where the money was coming from because, at at you know, uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but I became the booker at the Pig Bar. They mm-hmm. were giving me a check for like three weeks, and then COVID hit, and then you know, Eric, the owner, shout out Eric, you know, he had to tell me, hey, all live music is canceled. I can't pay you anymore. And I was like, dude, I understand. Like, no hard feelings at all. Like, I get it, one hundred percent. It's just frustrating more than anything. Yeah. You know, I finally made a, you know, a quote-unquote job out of it. You finally had that, that glorified uh, in-house booker thing. I, th- I think towards the end I started saying no to a lot more, like just random bands that would hit me up, just because I, I would look at these artists, you know, realistically, understanding the local scene for what it was. Um, and I would look at, because at, at this point we had Spotify uh, towards the end. Uh, we, you know, I, I could look at the... I could look at the fucking the anal- numbers, the analytics of like their reach out here. Mm-hmm. I could see that maybe they had like 20 listeners. Okay, so they have 20 listeners here <laughs> in Olympia. I'm gonna break that down. Out of those 20 listeners, maybe one will show up. Like, right. Like realistically, like mm-hmm. unless the band is paying themselves for promotion, which they most likely are not, because we are only booking like you know, underground artists that are just coming up that don't have the fucking money, and. Yeah, that makes sense. And I understand you're trying to play as many shows as possible because you are just trying to get your name out there. That makes exactly. perfect sense to me. Uh, the problem I, I at, towards the end, was seeing was, okay, this is sick, but this is not going to work. Because realistically, the band is not thinking about how I have to pay, and, and we're insanely fortunate in this sense, I just have to pay the venue. Mm-hmm. I just have to pay the venue. That's one thing, yes. And you know that you know if depending on the venue you're booking, you know, uh, when you're booking a show that can only you know fill a room of like at most like 200 people, like you don't want to overprice the show because you want people to come. Exactly. Um, you're making you know the bare fucking minimum, mm-hmm. realistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and a lot of these bands, and, and rightfully so, they want to be paid a certain amount because they have to get to the next venue. They have to make a little bit of money because they aren't working. They're touring. They're playing these shows. Money, it's, it, it sucks that it's all, all about money, but it's like at the end of the day, we need to get by so we can continue doing this exactly. on both ends. Exactly. And like for me, like I'm working 40 hours a week, but on the, at the same time, I am putting in all this effort, you know, on my quote unquote free time. I'm on my... 10 minute break at work yep. and I'm just on yep. my phone just like hey I like your music or blah 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 you know yeah. just trying to trying to make it work but we're all just in the same boat we're yeah. all working 40 hours a week trying to yeah to get your band get the the one band there is a strange dichotomy that exists between the promoter and the musician or the mm-hmm. artist definitely um and I, I think the unfortunate thing about it is you know much like much with like how I guess the world is in society like we always assume like we are as the individual as the artist as the promoter we are experiencing the blunt end of all this shit and the other person couldn't possibly you know have any other stresses or issues mm-hmm. um it, it's just overlooked you know because at the end of the day you're looking out for your own ass and i get that i totally get that but yeah it's and like I've, I've cut ties with venues for you know mm-hmm. setting venues unrealistic too. bars venues too or, like yeah you can pay a thousand for a night right like right well oh if God. we have like a 
you know, someone that can draw like that, you know, a good chunk of people for $20 a ticket. You know, when I don't want to pay that because we're all broke. When I switched to being an agent, there was one venue in particular in Bellingham where (laughs) I sent them an email and they said like, yes, the, the, you know, you can have the night. And then I booked the locals and they were like, okay, so send us the flyer and we'll make the event page. Well, the event page never came and I kept waiting and waiting. And then finally they made it. And then they sent me the writer over that was like, okay, first $200 uh, that comes to the door gets paid to us, and I'm just like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Like, I, I went through all this for you to tell me, like, you have to pay us $200? Like, I have a band on tour from Oregon. Are you fucking kidding me? You know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's like you said. The, there's a strange relationship between yeah. bookers, yeah. promoters, <laughs> yeah. booking it, agents, it, it musicians. It sucks, too, because, like, you, the, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of bands assume you're trying to fuck them over somehow too like there's sort of like a like you're a promoter and they're just just the fact that you are one you're unfamiliar yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally get it yeah i've been in that position before i've been in like las vegas and you know this guy you know you only know him through the internet and you're just like yo is this guy to, is he gonna fucking pay us tonight like right See, I tried to never be like that, dude. Yeah. Like anytime, like definitely. I, I always, I always a... tried to like be like, hey, you know, I really would appreciate if you guys would stick around, but here's your pay. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I, if I could, you know. Right. Like that would be like my my mo. So I know we're getting a little late in the night. Um, I do want to know between the both of you, what do you expect? You know, the outcome of of what we learned from 2020 is going to be. Um, I think it's still, I think it's still transpiring. For sure. Like, uh, as an artist myself, like, I know uh, seeing the way, like, other artists are, like, I guess, coping with uh, the reality of everyone's circumstances, you know? I, I think I think it's completely reliant on the way that uh, local governments choose to, uh, uh, I guess, enable artists, you know, to do their thing, you know, whether it be at a live venue or, you know, depending completely on how tight regulations are, you know? Um I mean, like, me personally, I'd, I'd totally go to a show and wear a face mask. Like, I have no problem with that. If anything, right. like, on the real, like, <laughs> I feel more comfortable <laughs> wearing the face mask now than it. I, I kind of know. agree with that because, like, yeah. especially with the colder weather coming in, like, I've been, it, like. It's nice. Yeah. No, it's I mean, nice. I've been walking, you know, a lot more, you know, just because yeah. I, I try to save Take money care on of yourself, gas. And, sweetie. Yeah. I like to wear the mask. And especially, like, I have a dog now. So when I walk the dog, I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's good for my Everyone face. Everyone has new, um, like, uh new priorities now mm. and and that's kind of cool it's kind of cool you know everyone's like a dog parent yeah <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. yeah shout out dogs shout out my dog honey. shout out to the uh, to the sweetie at home the dog <laughs> joey what do you think we're gonna learn from from the year 2020 going forth i mean i think i think for i i can really only speak for myself i guess for show sure. and um you know for me it's just been um I've spent a lot more time um, with self-reflection than I ever have. Sure, <laughs> I think, I think a lot of people have yeah. definitely. And I think for for me, it's been um, life-altering in that way. Like, and then we were kind of talking while um, Justin was away about like um, like a bittersweetness to it, where there's um, we don't we don't spend enough time in the moment. We don't spend enough time. Uh, just being who we are and, and, and even like understanding who we are. Mm-hmm. And if anything, COVID has given me time to do that, 
that I've never had Definitely. before. Definitely. Um, and then, you know, it's everything's still a work in progress. Life is just like that. But uh, I, I've come, I've come pretty far with certain things. Like there's been some really like crazy things that have happened, and, um, and so I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that other people are fortunate enough to to have that time you know i know you mentioned you're still working 40 hour weeks yep so it's it's kind of it might be a little bit of a place of privilege too in a sense i have i have people yes i have people to help me out with this right now and so i have a support system in in place to um you know i'm right now i'm still i've been for a number of years i'm trying to break into the tech industry so um so I have the time to do that, to actually focus on learning the things I need to learn, but also um, just journaling. And and that's been just – I recommend anybody, everybody to do that. Oh, yeah, everyone needs to take care of their mental health. For sure. Everyone. Please do that, mm-hmm. um, number yeah. one. I mean, before you, you do anything else, wake up early if you have to, journal, meditate, um, walk into the woods. <laughs> yeah. It, it will change your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I camped a lot more during the summer because Roxy and I didn't have any, you know, shows to work on. Yeah. So we took advantage of going out to, right? dude. God, just going out to where you don't have an internet connection. There's something so beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all know this. I'm an Eagle Scout, and no, I didn't know that. Okay, uh, that's awesome. So going, thank you. Uh, Start a campfire right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Couple I got of, a lighter. Let's go. You got okay. a couple of sticks. <laughs> Burn the building. Foot and steel. Okay. Really, the reason that I even mentioned that is because uh, I found a new, you know, uh, a new love for going out in the wilderness. Because when I was doing that, when I was doing that in middle school and high school, I was just angry at my parents. I was just like, "Why are you making me, you know, sleep in thirty degree weather? This sucks. Like, why would I want to hike, you know, ten miles?" Well, now that I'm an adult, I can actually like look at my surroundings and say, like, "Wow, this is like no technology, no computers. I don't have a screen in front of me. This it's a breath of fresh air, literally and figuratively." Yeah, yeah, I I could understand that. I grew up out in the woods. Like, oh, you know, okay. I lived in yeah, trailers yeah. for a couple years of my life, and you know, I mean, just just the ability to be able to look up at the night sky and be able to see like the solar system. Right. Like we can't do that right now because we're in fucking downtown Olympia. But like, mm-hmm. so so can't most of you know. I guess where the rest of the music scene is, you know, big cities. Like I have family in South Dakota, and I remember uh, when I was 19, I met up with some some kids down at Eureka Lake. Shout out Eureka, South Dakota. Uh, <laughs> but I remember looking up at the sky and being like, I know y'all probably take this for granted, but I can't see stars like this where mm-hmm. I'm from. And they were like, yeah. yeah, we don't take it for granted. It's all like, perspective, all. homie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really is. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, well, not at the end of the day, I mean, just in general, like I think we as people go through these phases where – you know, we're really about a certain thing suddenly, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I see this now more than ever with people from the city, like hiking is like, you can't walk a fucking trail around here without there being a million people during the day. True that. Yep. Um, and it's because people realize that, oh, you know, maybe the world, you know, even though it was working pre-COVID, like maybe this is not the way that like civilization was meant to be And like, that makes sense. That's a fair, that's a valid argument, but it's just, I don't know. I think everyone's just kind of like realizing that there's more to life. The the average Joe Schmo that fucking works like the nine to five, mm-hmm. seven days a week because that's a very real thing here in America. You have to work all the fucking time just to pay the bills. Um, you get stuck in that way. You get stuck in that life. And suddenly something like COVID comes in and says, hey, like you can't work. 
hey, yeah. like, you're not essential right now, so you, the government's just going to fucking send you a check. And, um, you know, if you want, you can work somewhere else. But, like, for right now, we're just going to shut down your establishment. So suddenly you are faced as a person with, like, oh, my God, like, you know, I've been so unhappy for so long, and I, I'm worth so much more, like, as a person, you know, with right. feelings and emotions. And um, I think I'm going to go do what I've always dreamed about doing instead of working at Amazon or something, you know. You know, uh, do you all know who the rapper Idea was? I, I don't think so. I, okay. I, I was never really super tight with, okay. like, the local I'll, I'll give you the, the, the short story. Uh, he was a rapper based out of Minneapolis. He passed away quite a few years ago. But um, he had... Piece. He, uh, yeah, R.I.P. idea, Michael Larson. Uh, but he had a lyric that said, make money and diet, that's the American way. And that has always stuck to me. And it's just like, every time I'm at my, you know, nine to five job, I'm just like, God, I'm just doing the same thing over and over. There's got to be more to life than this. Absolutely. The yeah. only reason I have any interest in breaking into tech is for the freedom. That's it. I don't give a fuck about a dollar. Could you, could you elaborate on quote unquote freedom? Yes. Yeah. So, so there especially now remote work mm-hmm. is becoming a, an, it's becoming more standard but tech is one of the few sectors where that is just that was kind of already happening to an extent now it's like transition to they're finding people are actually more productive they're happier mm-hmm. um so if you could just imagine a life though when you, let's say you're on tour and yeah. you are in the van and you have like a, a mobile hotspot or something, you can do your entire day's work, make a living. That's how a lot of artists were doing it back in the day. So back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> so so there you know, for me that's that's my only motivation to wanting to do that. I and then also like I get that. I also yeah. remember like um when I was uh making making a little bit more money at the beginning of my endeavors, promoting wasn't so much of a burden for sure and you, so you get burned out on everything else. yeah you I can always get, i did get burned out just in general but it's really easy to burn out when it's sucking every little last dollar out of you <laughs> for yeah sure. there's more negatives than there are positives <laughs> yeah until they get it so you know i like my deepest like thoughts i'm constantly it's been years but i constantly am still thinking about shows and wanting I, to put well, them I, on. I get it, man. You were you were fucking great at them, you know. And I think you still likewise. I I can I can attest to that. You, you were amazing. People dude. respected the fuck out of you for what you did for this uh, this local scene, you know. Um, it's you know I, I I still think you could do some great things. I think it's just you know at the time at, with what we had for resources and you know venues and you know just what we were booking, you know what we preferred to work with. It just was not popping the way it, it, it should have been because you know mm. when we were going to shows shows are popping yeah. uh, right kid, that's what kids did and you know suddenly we're the new we're the newcomers we're we're booking shows and guess what everyone like has different interests and and i totally get it you know it, there was a, a a certain point in my life where i was just like wait a second like people there are some people out there that legitimately wake up every day and they'll they they will say they like music but they don't really fuck with music and Mm -hmm. like i get that because like they probably fuck with like they're probably like um a literate person they probably love reading or something right or you know like what what drives them is you know like just 
uh, being an artist in the realm of like drawing shit or you know, mm-hmm. I, there's everything you know. Yeah. There, there's so many things that you as a person as an artist can choose to dedicate your life to and there are certain clicks there's certain scenes for that exactly who knows like we we're in the music scene we're in the music business um we're only really familiar with that who knows what the fuck is like you know what empire exists underneath our noses here so relatable uh back in the day you know we're talking like what five six years ago i was on tinder and my pet peeve was always seeing i'm interested or like my interests include music and that used to piss me off because like who oh my god you're mm-hmm. you're so unique you like music oh my god everybody likes well music. yeah well who's gonna say that they don't like music? Ex- well there like are maybe, certain there people. are there's like maybe five percent of the population yeah for i sure. used to use that as an excuse to hand people flyers mm, so edgy oh my god do you like music here you <laughs> yeah, should have a flyer that's what oh i would say yes i'd be like yo did you like do you like music yeah. <laughs> and, like, and then i'd be like just i just hand them a flyer and then because they said yes they would take yeah. it so yeah, well, yeah, I mean, done. You, they probably you, throw you it away. You gotta do what you, you you can do to like get your shows out there. I totally get it. And you know, uh, Mitch Hedberg once said, "Handing out flyers is like saying, here, you throw this away.'" <laughs> it yeah. is, but it also is just that quick advertisement. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that like, was pre-internet. I mean, even like in the MySpace days, I remember, you know, like, "Hey, you should check this out." Hey, you should check this out. I miss my MySpace still, guys. Yeah, really but that's do. just because we're old. Joey. I know, but yeah, but, dog, we dude, had to adapt. I had no, I had a band, no following. We had a hundred people at our first show. We now mm. exist in a time where like hundred people though, dude, think, dude. First show. I want you to think about this <laughs> for a local. We show. now exist in a time where kids are literally choosing not to make Facebook accounts because their parents are on there. Yeah, uh, and that's the reality of the situation, which opens up new avenues. Mm-hmm. Which is why kids are on TikTok. Which is why kids are creating, you know, uh, anime accounts, you know, with aliases on Twitter because they, uh, you know, they like to. Rem- remain anonymous so yeah back in those myspace days i was i was a rapper during those times and i remember my mom finding my myspace page she was like you're making music and i'm like oh my god i'm so embarrassed because like i'm rapping about smoking weed yeah yeah. (laughs) mom how did you learn to use the dial-up yeah exactly (laughs) my dad still doesn't know how to use a smartphone (laughs) so yeah thank god i I really tiktok really does make me feel old though yeah, well, I mean, you know. Like, it really does. Adapting. <laughs> you have to let the kids do what they're going to do. You exactly. That, you can't stop that. I don't yeah. get it. If you, if <laughs> I you, hate that. Dude, I am so old. Well, I, I don't get I, I don't hate fucking band get camp, it. Joey. I hate, well, not Bandcamp. Uh, well, fucking uh, Reverb Nation. Okay, okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm from pure volume days. Pure, well, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> I listen to Fear Fear Before the March of Flames on pure volume. Okay, respect. I'm old, bro. I I saw Chiodos in 2007. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> when they sucked live. For really Chiod- bad. Okay, shut the fuck up. Chiodos <laughs> never sucked. They were terrible in 2007. Uh, dude, dude. So just let you guys know that. <sighs> I'm old. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Final thoughts, Justin. Yeah, I, I just want to say, like, uh, uh, for anyone that uh, isn't familiar with uh, the Olympia music scene, like, it, it always has been a very special place, you know. Um, uh, the people I'm talking to right now are some close homies of mine over the years, you know, and uh, I, I will I, I will always say this, you know, like we have always been about the passion versus the profit. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day that that makes us uh, a little more real than other music clicks, music scenes. 
and uh, I'll stand by that. I think there's something special here in the Pacific Northwest that you can't get anywhere else. Not to say that there isn't like fake ass motherfuckers out there, but um, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think what we have here is insanely taken for granted. Um, I think it's insanely um, underappreciated, and I, I I just I I hope moving forward once COVID kind of you know eases back with regulations. Um, I know that there's going to be this new resurgence of um, just new talent, just uh, a thriving music scene, a thriving community, because uh, at the end of the day, I, I know we all need each other. And um, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just thankful for uh, for what we still have, because, you know, at the end of the day, when when shows come back, you know, I I don't know who else I'm going to go to. You know, I'm, I'm either I'm either going with you or I'm either going with you. I'm going to make you come out of retirement, Joey. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't do this shit by myself. And I think that's a, a very real thing for musicians. I think musicians are going to have to realize, like, I can't. Well, you can do it by yourself, but realistically, you're going to kill yourself. You need help. Definitely. Uh, and, you know, I, I need a promoter. I need a solid promoter. And who who else do I go to? You know, I got to go with what I know. And I know that you guys are good motherfuckers. Thank you, dude. Yeah. I appreciate your kind words. I love both of you guys. I'm just letting you know. I love both I, of I've, you, too. I have so much respect for both of you. Thank oh, you. You're sweetie. <laughs> um, I guess my last little tidbit would just be, I can't, I can't like, do better than that. How do I, man, that was a really beautiful speech, man. Well, what are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm just feeling the... I, I just want everybody out there to not to not give up. I think that's all. That's really all I want to say. You know, keep keep making art. If you're if you booked shows before, don't worry about what may or may not be. Um historically, um situations like this, music is the last thing to come back, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but I agree. Um but that doesn't mean that you can't continue there's so many avenues technology's given us away um keep making your art keep doing what you love don't um just don't give up that's all well said well said thank you all for tuning in to the cap city presents podcast i am your host andy remix moreno where can people follow both of you uh, I guess I'm mainly on Twitter. It's just Justin, J-E-S-T-I-N, a uh, bunch of underscores. You'll find me. It's, All right. Yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, same thing, just Twitter, Koopa, K-V-V-P-A. It's all metal cord out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can follow my band, too. It's uh, For the Likes of You. We're on everything, yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's mainly where I'm going to be on the reel. Well, thank you all for coming on the show. I really do appreciate taking this time and really reflecting on what we've been doing for the past five years. No, this is great. Yeah, the, what, what, this is a great thing to just reflect on, uh, you know, the, the great times we've had. Learning experiences and yeah. all that good stuff. Absolutely. Be sure to follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Cap City Presents. It will change uh, Cap City to capacity on your phone. Don't listen to that. Go to Cap City Presents. And uh, be sure to check us out next week. Have a good night, y'all. Good night.